I always start the podcast off. Now somebody, uh, this is just feel-good music for me, Josh. <laughs> Who's got a better voice than Shaka Khan? No one, but um, I wonder how much the listeners enjoy this coming out of your iPhone. Dude, no, <laughs> he spares no expense. Well, you know what? When I'm in studio, it's plugged in. But my listeners also know that technologically, I'm partially retarded. So if I could figure out, I know it's on my computer, and I know I could put it in GarageBand and lay the track down. But I don't have those capabilities, so this is as good as that. <laughs> Why am I not in the studio, man? I don't. Oh, I gotta call my. You my don't want to be in the studio. Shakey's Pizza. You don't want to be in the studio. No, I don't. That'd be really nice to be to drive out to 110 degree. Sherman Valley. Oaks. This is. But this song makes you feel good. I do like Shaka Khan. Do you? I, I, I like any black soul singer. I'm a huge. I love. I love Al Green. You know, I love Diana Ross. Fucking I love all that love stuff. Al Green. All that Bill stuff. Bill Withers. I love, dude, all of it. Let me ask you something. And by the way, Josh Adamaris, everybody, on Fairly Normal. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming out to the Valley. Dude. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, thank you for okay, me. let me ask you about the Soul Singer, because you are, and, and for those of you who don't know Josh, you were the creator and are the creator of the goddamn Comedy Jam. Yes. Um, which is, and I've told you a million times, which is, and I've been in this town for a long time, it's the most fun show I've not only ever been to, but the most fun show far and away that I've ever performed in. Twice. Twice. And you crushed it twice. The, I, feel, I, I, I feel a third one. I'm ready, up ready when you are, brother. Why don't you tell everybody what the show, what the show is exactly? Um, the show is, uh, we usually get like four comics. They, they do uh, some stand-up, about eight, ten minutes of stand-up. Then they tell a story about why they chose a song they're going to sing. And then they sing it with a live band. I forgot to tell you, dude. I yeah. was in um, Chicago this weekend. Uh-huh. And um, I, one of the comics in Chicago, uh, a younger guy, was like, hey, oh, hey, have you ever done that show in Los Angeles where you sing with the band? I go, goddamn comedy jam? He goes, oh, I hope they come here. I just want you to know, like, there is like a, a grassroots. When I talk to people who go to festivals, they're like, that is the best show at the festival. Thank you. Like, Thank you very much. The energy and guys. I can only tell you when you're listening. I, it, right now, it's just live in L.A. or at festivals. But if you get a chance, like, the here's what I think. First of all, your energy, starting off the show, is of a true... You're so nice, dude. dude. But this, it's a, is, this is... Are you going to suck my dick in a little bit? Because uh, I'm really excited about again? this. The way he's looking at me, audience, <laughs> is incredible. Again? Oh, I was passed out. That was during yeah, my drinking no, days. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, the way you start off the show is... <laughs> insane but you know what is the best part about it what buddy okay it's insane but you also leave room for other people to do their thing do you know what i mean like well, you, right, like you're very generous I, I, you're well, very generous right, this is like like i get my time up front i that's literally like if you ever watch me like doing my opening josh yeah like it's it, it might as well just be me on stage masturbating because that's just me <laughs> pleasuring myself like it is literally yeah. the most hammy like it's just so I do all the over the top stuff. I set it up. Yeah, but I and saw. Then, I heard you sing a song called "Titty Fuck My Butt Cheeks." We do, we've done. We have a lot of originals. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of originals. Me and the band. Yeah. But it's 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 just like the, and, and that was why I started it was because that to me is the most fun thing that I could do. 
Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I did music growing up and, I, and I've been doing stand-up for uh, nine years, no, eight years. And, um, and it was like, I love stand-up comedy. It, it's a, it's, 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 and you know this because you've been mm-hmm. doing it for a long time. Like it's one of the most fun things you can do. But at the same time, like it can, you're doing the same set or, or it's just you're playing in front of a shitty audience or just the audience is full but they just don't like you or just whatever the reason could be. It just takes a lot out of you, the waiting around, the this. So when I started it, man, it was like, it was like, how can I get enjoyment out of something in this town that I know, like, is guaranteed? And I knew that starting this show would be fun, and that was the only reason I started. I didn't expect any of this stuff to come along. That's come along with it. the The idea of it being on television. It's still like, like it didn't even hit me. Until when is like, it going to air the special? It airs uh, August 28th on Comedy Central after the, the uh, MTV Music Awards because they're showing it on Comedy Central at 1130. Uh, and then it'll probably be shown a few more times. Right. And then fingers crossed we get a series, which is, which is what I've been like waiting on. Like that's where I was talking to you before yeah. we got on the air. I was like, God, I've been so stressed out. Like it's like literally like I want to know how much money I'm going to be making so I can <laughs> buy like I need to buy like a like an ottoman and a and a. Is that that's the I, I, I that's on the list of purchases an ottoman? I need. Well, I just got an apartment. So it's all just I'm buying really nice, comfortable things that I can have for a while. One so I time. got the couch. I got. I have a nice TV already. I bought a nice dining room set, and I just need a coffee table. Mm-hmm. I don't really need an ottoman per se. I'm gonna get one just because I feel like you, that's like an adult thing to do is get an ottoman. <laughs> but I'm gonna get a coffee table. But I want to know the level of coffee table that I can get. Do I go to Living Spaces and right. get like a two hundred, three hundred dollar one, or do I go to like HD Buttercup and get like a fucking real good one? Can I tell you something? Please tell me everything. I wish my nickname in high school was HD, HD. Buttercup. <laughs> That would have been because I don't know how I would have gotten that nickname, but what a great nickname, HD. If you'd have been walking down the hallway and people were like, yo, man, what's up, HD Buttercup? You'd be like, what's, what's up, up, baby? What's how up, you doing, man? man? <laughs> Living large, HD Buttercup, baby. There goes HD Buttercup. <laughs> that motherfucker. I see you at soccer practice. <laughs> Crazy legs. <laughs> Look at all HD Buttercup. Um, but can I tell you something? Please. Okay, curtains. I have to tell you. I always thought that I was fine in my house. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like he, he actually just like turned around and, and just draped curtains. his, his cur- curtains with his hand. Very nice, by the way. Can very, I tell you, nice. before I met my wife, I had never had a curtain. in Like I didn't know, you know when you're putting together your apartment? Mm-hmm. That's, I didn't know, I didn't have curtains. I didn't have throw rugs. Like all the little things that like she... Just two random chairs just against a wall. Yeah, like, with yeah, a typewriter I, in the middle. Dude, I'm the you same I mean? way. Like, so I, I, same way, I lived with a girl, you know, for years I lived either with dudes or I lived by myself. Not really yeah. lived by myself, I lived with my parents or with other dude roommates. And then when I, I started dating this one chick when I lived out here, like, who was very, like, not well-to-do, but just she was very, like, a, like a fashionista kind of girl. Yeah. And we got a one-bedroom apartment. And, man, like... It was just yeah, all this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like the 25 pillows on the bed. Which makes it a house. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, makes it, it a home. home. Yeah. It was a home. Yeah. Like that was what I was saying is like I have my own home now. Yeah. 
because that's why I'm doing things like that. Like I'm like, I've, I've never, dude, I've never in a million years, like made my bed every morning I wake up and I make my bed. Me I don't too. have a lot of pillows on it, Yeah. but well, you also live, you have a wife, so you have to do that because if she comes home later and sees the bed messed up, yeah, I she's can ma- gone all summer, dude. So you're still doing it? Still making the bed. Because you're, you're a well-trained man. Yes. You're HD Buttercup, yeah, dude. You I am HD Buttercup. <laughs> HD Buttercup doesn't fuck around, man. No, HD Buttercup makes his fucking bed every morning. He makes you know what sure else the, he does? What he's he loves the pillows. Goddamn right. HD Buttercup. Buttercup wants to be ready for sex oh, at all times. Dude, he wants women to come dude in. Dude spends three or four minutes fluffing pillows all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. He wakes up in the morning, and as he's watching The View, he's fluffing his pillows like this. Okay, he's manly enough to watch The View. That's why. I have to tell you, I've done, I don't think I've ever watched The View. I, my, when I go see my mom, my mom watches all those shows. She watches like The Chew. And The View? The View, The Chew, The Talk. Is your mom watches The View, The Chew, and she's a Jew? And she's a Jew. Wow. That's <laughs> she ain't got nothing to do. That's why. She ain't got nothing to do. She's going to watch The Chew, By baby. the way, can I tell you one Please. thing that you you, uh, <laughs> you taught me? Look, I, I when I write songs, and you called me the James Taylor of comedy yeah, go see, go see Josh live. The James because Taylor. He'll be serenaded about. <laughs> not, not a lot of rock and roll. No <laughs> jobs in the grass. No, but dong, dong, dong. Get a hand job when you're walking down the street. Thank you all, guys. Buy my CD out front. <laughs> but you, you were like, we were improvising a song. And, and afterwards, you were like, you know, not every word. It doesn't have to rhyme. And I was like, no, but it does have to rhyme. And you're like, no. Just say something funny. Just it's it's um if you've ever listened to any of the original songs that we in the band have, like two of them have rhyming lyrics. Yeah. And one of them has rhyming lyrics because I had David Angelo help me ghostwrite it. Love like, Danny. He's 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 Love David Angelo. such a smart guy. Yeah. And, I, and that was the first one. And I was like, I always even when I was in bands before, writing lyrics has always been like like I remember <laughs> I remember being <laughs> when I was like in like my first band with my buddies back in high school, my buddy Tasso's Ben. Gotta give him a shout out because they always listen to all this shit. Um, I remember we wrote this song and they were like they were like, Josh, you gotta write lyrics for it. And I was like, All right, let me go upstairs into the bathroom and, and try to write some lyrics. And I remember just like trying to write cool lyrics and like right all i kept you know every lyric we started off with like you know your eyes were burnt with fire <laughs> like real cheesy and like uh, you know yeah. in your eyes of flames and i and i would bring that down i'd be like is this good and they're like nah man it's like we're a death metal band i'm like yeah you're right um so i've always had a problem writing lyrics same thing with writing jokes man like i was that's one thing about you when we were on the road and you'd be like you take your time be like i gotta work a couple hours on my shit yeah like i could never just sit down and just write shit i always have to like work it out on stage or have like the idea so when it came to songs david helped me get started and then what i would do is like me and the band we'd go like we'd do like a jam rehearsal at our rehearsal space and we start playing the song and I just hit record on my on my iPhone and I'd just we do the song for like 25 minutes. And, and you just, just ramble the whole and time. And I would just ramble. But I would always get great lyrics by doing that. Now, they might some might rhyme, some might not. But it's like literally for comedy songs, I think in particular, like just be funny. You know what I mean? Like there's so many songs, like, like especially like the girl songs. Yeah. It's always like, you know, it's like, this is my song about my boyfriend. Oh, got to put a finger in his ass. Got to put a finger <laughs> in his ass when I give him a blowjob. Yay. And then that's it. And it's like, you know, your songs are fucking funny. So, but they don't always, have, especially, oh, when we're doing the freestyle shit. Yeah. Freestyle, no rhyme. 
Always, dude. No, literally, right. just, just, just. Now, just, Avery and I did one yesterday. I saw the picture. I was supposed to do that show with you guys, but I had, I had the meetings, the meetings we were talking about. Totally get it. I and that was something that I saw from him too. That I was like, oh, he does. I always made sure that I rhyme, and he was like, you don't. You don't oh, dude, it. I'm, I've, I'm the Del Close of fucking, of fucking improv singing, dude. Yeah. I, if I could teach a course. Because Adam, Adam Ray does the same shit. Adam Ray does the same thing. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tries to he tried to rhyme, and, I, and and then we started working together. And he saw that it's just it's literally just just tell the story musically. And as long as you're singing it, nobody gives a fuck, man. Nobody gives a fuck if tool I'm gonna in try school. That. Oh, please! I, I that we did it at yeah. the fucking at, at Sacramento. The yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try that because you know I've been sitting in my room trying to write song. And by the way, call me the James Taylor of, of comedy music. I'll take it. I don't have a whole lot of rock in these fingers. Yeah, you're Jason Mraz, 100%, <laughs> yeah. dude. I'm going to put my fedora on. Yeah. <laughs> bring it down a little bit. But Honey, <laughs> is this feather in my cap too long? <laughs> I'm going to, what are those things called? The, uh, that you put the, not the fedora, but the, you know, it's not a, it's not a tie, but it's a. A jism bib? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, a jism bib. <laughs> I'm going to wear my jism bib. By the way, jism bib. Great name for a punk band. Great now. That's my first comedy record album. Jism Bib? Jism Bib. I think I'm going to name my next album Underwhelmed. That's a good one, actually. It's always something like that. Like, yeah. I told you guys, you're all stupid. Yeah. Underwhelmed is the worst idea. <laughs> Underwhelmed is not terrible. Um, it's not bad. It's not terrible. Do you, when you go on stage now and you do stand-up, Yeah. How do you lean on music? Not or, right now. Not at no. all. Um, so... So, because by the way, your stand-up, I was really surprised by how good it was. Thank you. Uh, because you have a couple things that are not teachable. You have stay a, a you don't have the stage presence of a comic. Um, you have the stage presence of a, like more of a well-rounded performer. You use the whole stage. You lean a lot. You're very relaxed, which relaxes the crowd. But you're also relaxed and like in control. But you are like, it's impossible not to like you on stage. Those are two things you can't fucking teach. So the 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 comedy after that is like, there were sometimes I was like, oh, and he's actually got jokes. This fucking guy, dude. Bookers, you hear this? You he's hear got this, jokes. dude? Do you I, hear this? Said hilarities and you Tustin. made me fucking work <laughs> when I got on stage. You you did fine. You did hundred percent fine. But dude. you made me work. Like I got on stage, I'm like, oh, this dude's fuck. I can't just get high and walk on stage. This dude's fucking killing it. That's why he didn't get high. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was like, nah, man, you want to hit this? And you're like, nah, man, let me wait until afterwards. Yeah, when, that guy, little, when that guy gave us those robot dick fucking uh, vaporizers, oh my God. I gave that Have to a buddy. It? No, I gave it to a buddy. I quit vaping in general. Oh, you haven't? I haven't seen you in a minute. I no. quit. I quit vaping. You're not. Which is the gayest thing a man can say? Just quit vaping. <laughs> I just, I just quit vaping, everybody. I know it's tough, man. I gave up the Fruit Loop cereal milk. Yep, mom. Um, no, I, I quit vaping, and then I, I probably shortly after I stopped smoking pot because uh, it was just getting in the way. Like it was hurting my throat, and it was um, like that's the thing about like. With, and I get it. Like it's like especially if we're doing like the headlining stuff. It's like you can't get if you if I get high. I, I, there's two different types of high. There's like there's like yeah, like you know I, I feel great and mm -hmm. I can kill, and then there's the other high that's like you know everybody's looking at me like oh my god like oh that joke wasn't funny enough yeah. oh I'm terrible. Um, no, you did great, dude. You, I, it was like it was an honor watching you because you're one of the best fucking storytellers oh, I've thanks, ever seen. Man, I so, that. of course. When when you first came out here to do stand up. Yeah. You ran with a crew. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
I don't know if you want to get into that. Sure, I don't mind. Okay, so you, you, your best friend, which you told me before, your best friend in all of best friendedness, yeah. passed away, mm-hmm. right? And uh, did that change your trajectory? You think, or your comedy, or your approach? Because the way he passed away. It's not just like, oh, I was at my house. Oh, and I heard he died. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. Uh, we we were we were hit by a drunk driver uh, in Hollywood, and then he he. Uh, it was just you and he. It was in the just car. me and him, and yeah, he lost his life. I almost died in it. I mean, the best way to 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 sum up what it did for my career was so I, I used stand up to kind of get back to feeling normal mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, and it was weird because I think it was like I was I was just doing the same jokes I'd been doing prior to that, mm-hmm. which had got me a lot. It got me into a lot of clubs, but um, I kind of wanted to quit, but I was like, no, I can't. And when I thought about quitting, I was like, well, I can't because he can't do stand-up anymore. Um, By the way, he, he still mentioned in this town as far as joke writing. Oh, he's, he, dude, he was Angelo Bowers. If li, listen, if you, listeners, if you're listening, Google Angelo Bowers. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of clips online because he hated doing that. He didn't do social media. Uh, he didn't do. But his uh, joke writing, people tell me who know him, like as far as oh, you needed a joke. He was the fucking best. He wrote for. There were so many people he wrote for. He ghost wrote for a lot of people. Um, but he was he was hands down like there's I always say this man like you know I can count on my hand how many comedians bring me to tears and laughter yep and and it might not be every set like I love Bird of Death excuse me and I mean maybe like you know every other set or maybe you know one out of five like he'll just have one set that just kills yep. me. every single time I watched Ange like it was like crying every show and it maybe it, it also probably i knew him so well mm-hmm. and he was my best friend so but he just knew how to fucking tickle me man and that he was just the best and like there are i've never met anybody that wrote better jokes than him that were so absurd yet so brilliant and just he just would rapid fire so in like a five minute set he'd do you know 45 to 48 jokes you know to 50 jokes and it's like because he just it was just a setup punch setup punch over and over he didn't tell stories he didn't do anything like that nothing personal it was right. all ridiculous but his reference bank like was just the greatest i mean just like there's only one other person i think has a deeper reference bank than andrew has one that's on that same level which is dan saint germain who just oh, yeah. is so he'll say yeah. like he'll you know yeah. talk about something you know be like that yeah. reminds me of the movie prometheus yeah. and you're like Oh, that's what? brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But those are the, and, and I, and, and big, big Jay Okerson told me this. Um, it's when it comes to references, like if you're doing a set and you, you say, well, that dude looks like, you know, the saxophonist from Lost Boys, like 90% of the audience might not get it, but that 10% that does get it is like, that's the funniest comedian I've ever seen. And they'll look you up and they'll be your fan forever. And By the Ange, way, think about it. That's what Family Guy does. You think my son gets all the '80s and '90s references? He oh, doesn't. You're right, yeah, he doesn't. But it makes the show makes him go look it up. Oh, for sure. It's exactly what Family Guy does. But Ange, Ange was just the best, and people we all miss him. I think comedy got a little bit darker, not just because he passed away, but just as you don't get to hear his comedy anymore. And his comedy was so great. I have a couple questions, and if sure. any of them become Please, too too I personal, mean, right? You, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you guys are out. Chilling for the night. Yeah. Okay. The accident happens. He passes. 
Okay, we didn't get to if it changed you, your art, though, but I've always wanted to ask somebody this, and I've never had the opportunity, and again, too personal, let me know. Guilt, does guilt follow you? Oh, 100%. Does it? I'm still dealing with it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I think recently I've been able to accept it, that, that it wasn't my fault, like, you know, but I think there's always... For like a long time, there was like, when I would like go to comedy clubs, I had this weird thing in my head where I was like, everybody wishes Andrew's alive and I was dead for a long time. That's brutal, dude. How and, well, many that's, years what, is that? That's, that's four and a half going on five years. I, I've finally now been able to accept it. How, you know? how do you, uh, what's up, gentlemen? How do you... So that was in the back of your mind when you For, walked in. Well, there was, place? yeah, there's like, you know, keep this in mind, man. Like, there was, uh, so the accident happens and everybody is kind of, uh, you know, just, how are you doing? Like, can we, you know, we should hang out. Like, and I had, a, like, I didn't have that many friends. I had a lot of people I'm cool with, but right. like friends. Like, I had Ange, I had Gerard, Yasser, Byron, a few others. Um, but everybody was like, dude, like, you know, you know, let's all hang out, like blah, blah, blah. And then like a month later, it all just goes away because everybody has to go back to their normal life. And I'm just stuck with, you know, by myself. And then I isolated so much that you, when you isolate, you just go through your head of like every bad thing. You don't think about good shit when you're alone. You know what I mean? You just think about like, I'm a piece of shit. Like I, you know, he's, I'm the reason he died, even though I had nothing to do with it. It's not my fault. I had nothing to do with it. Except yeah. I was driving my car, like a normal person going through a stoplight where I had a green, I stopped going there, then it wasn't <laughs> my fault. Going through a green light yeah. where it's like, it's, it's, I have the complete right away. And it's like you, but you know, you're, you just feel guilty. I think anybody would. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just, it's, I felt bad like for Angie's mom where, you know, how is that fair that, you know, that my mom didn't have to suffer and she suffered. It's just, you, you just play so many things. Plus I was a, I was a drug addict during that time too. So it just completely just overwhelms you. Cause that's all you're doing is getting high and just thinking about it. And then I go on stage and I do stand up to make myself feel normal. Ooh. Yeah. It was brutal, man. And so how, brutal. how do you come out the other side of that and coming out the other side? Like, what do you learn about yourself? And is there anything positive that you can, t- do you know what I mean? I'm, you know me, dude. I'm a positive yeah. guy. For sure, dude. Way too positive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been told that a couple of times, but is there, cause so I always go, okay, even when fucking terrible things five years later, is there anything five years later I can go, well, this is a good thing. There's that a lot is- of, all right, listen, there's not to cut you off, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the the main thing that I was taught is to appreciate life. Ange, Ange was like a very uh, in the moment. Like we'd be at like shitty shows. Like out, I remember one time we were out like in the city of Orange, this horrible show. There's like three people in the audience, and I was like, "Oh, this is so brutal." And Ange was just like, he's like, "Dude, this is great. What are you talking about, dude? This is great. Like, look where we are. We're in the city of Orange doing stand up, best friends." And it's like he had such a positive outlook on everything. Um, and that rubbed off on me and it might've taken a few years, you know, I had to get sober to, to really appreciate it, but it really is like in Angie's death, I found like happiness because it, his lessons were really just engraved into my head, you know? Um, and you have to take the good from that. He also, you know, basically was the reason that I started doing the comedy jam. I had to listen to things that he had said and he was like, dude, you know, 
you uh, you you look like you're having fun doing stand up. You know, it's undeniable. But when you do music, because we used to jam together, he goes, "There's there's no question." Yeah, like I agree. You need to do something with both of those. And I listen to him. You know, and Ange's. Dude, I talk to Ange every day. You know, I pray every morning, and I I talk to him. Do I you pray to, every morning? I, I pray every morning. I talk to Ange before I get on stage. You know what I mean? And it's just like he's like literally with me. He has so, to be because that's the only way you can you can keep going and not you know when somebody is that beautiful of a human being, um, because there's so many mean people. There's so many people that have ulterior motives. There's just somebody that was so pure and just like, nah, man, I'm just your friend, and like I don't want anything from you except your friendship. He loved that. He just he loved the hangout, you know, more than anybody, and and uh, that's something that that really rubbed off on me. And I lose it sometimes where I'm like where I get caught up in the bad, but he always thought about the good. And so I just, whenever I am feeling like that, I think about that, you know, I have a good cry or whatever. Dude, before we shot the comedy special, this is some creepy shit. The, uh, we shot the, the, the comedy jam, comedy central special at the Avalon, which is right on vine, literally uh, not even a hundred yards, maybe 30 yards away is where I got into the accident. Like literally across the street. Yeah. It couldn't have been more perfect. It couldn't have been more perfect. That to go, is not an accident. I don't no, think that's an accident. Dude, yeah, dude, listen, I agree. Shit does not, everything, the universe like does things to, to it just, it, it's, it, it just puts God shocks like right in front of you where yep. it's like, dude, there's something bigger than you and you need to notice that. Like this is all, everything was supposed to happen. I hate to think that Ange passing away was supposed to happen. Um, cause that's a horrible way to think about it. It did happen and I have to accept that, but knowing that the special and where he died, like literally I was with Sickler. That's bananas. I didn't know that dude. Across the street. Did that, when did that dawn on you that night? Or no, when, when, they, when, when, when we decided that we went to go look at that, dude, I, anytime I drive by the Avalon, like I'm like, or I drive up vine and I get to Yucca. I immediately get, I get nervous when I drive to that intersection. Like sometimes I just speed through it. Sometimes I close my eyes when I drive through it. Like I just, it's yeah. hard to do that. Uh, and now I live right up there. So I do it all the time. I used to avoid it constantly, which really added like, you know, something like 15, 20 minutes of my trip. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, it's like fucking yucca. I got to figure out a way to get across yucca, but motherfucker. It, but, it's, but it's like when I, what I did was I'm glad it was there because the, the day we shot this special, I got there an hour early. And I, I parked my car in my in my executive producer spot. Yeah. And uh, I crossed the street. I went and got a coffee. And then I just walked up there. I put my headphones on. And I listened to uh, Beck Sea Change, which was an album that him and I loved. And it just, you know, it's just a very, like, emotional record. Uh, it always has been. Even when he was alive, we, we would, like, we just love that record, man. And I just listened to it. And I cried. And I talked to him. And I got present. And then I went in and I had a great time at the show. Do you know what strikes me about you? And this is explains to me why you're so good on stage. And this also explains a little bit to me um, the addiction. You and I found in my life addicts, people who are addicts, seem to feel more than the rest of us. Does that make sense? Like I know what you mean. You yeah. really... You really feel your downs, you feel, and your highs, you feel, but you feel... And when you're on stage, you can see that. Like, you... And that strikes me like the way you said and you uh, had a little cry and then got centered and all that stuff. But you're, you feel every moment, dude. You may not feel like you're present, 
but you strike me as the kind of dude who feels a lot. That's a burden, man. It's it's that's it's, a burden. I'm very sensitive. Like I, yeah, I'm that's, very like. But that's you know, a, that's a burden, dude. Because I'm still I, crying about the movie Gravity. Like you know, three years later, like, <laughs> like when when she let go of George Clooney. Dude, one. I saw that movie like four times in who the theater. Let's go because, with George Clooney. Oh, uh, but well, he she. What well, didn't make sense because if she just would have tugged him back the way that the space works, he would have yeah. come right back. But you know, just for for dramatic effect, it worked. But like I, I, dude, I love going to see emotional movies. I love emotional music. Um, Do you cry? And I will tell you something. No, what, please. What uh, gets me? Sporting events a lot of time get eating me. fried chicken gets you. you. No, I can't <laughs> eat any fried chicken. Ladies and gentlemen, he hasn't. Had, we were talking about fried chicken. He hasn't had fried chicken in sixteen years. Yeah, yeah. sixteen years. 16 you hate years. black people, don't you? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I will say I've made fried chicken here. I've made That's it. even worse that you made it. You get go ahead, eat up, guys. And made they're like, it, made it. Don't you want to, Dad? Don't you want to try some fried chicken? No, nah, guys, get. It'll just got street going. I'm on year twelve. <laughs> It'll make at this point if I ate it, I think. But although it could just completely clean me out of anything that's left in my. There's nothing bad in you. You eat. You eat quinoa smoothies when we every went, day. When we went on. The road. We went to Sacramento. Sacramento. And we went to In-N-Out after. And, and this is, by the way, this was right after I had come off the strict pre-diabetic diet. So I go, oh, maybe I'll have a hamburger. So we went to the drive-thru. And go I was, ahead. Go I was, ahead. Tell the story. I was thinking about it the whole time. We ordered a double-double. I got some fries. I haven't had meat in like 60 days. I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat this motherfucker. And we got back to the hotel. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then you took it up to your hotel room and you ate the second burger. I didn't burger. eat the second burger. You ate the, let's just come clean right now. <laughs> God, I swear, I'm coming clean, dude. <laughs> I mean, I gotta, I, who gives a fuck if I did? I got abs, baby. Yeah, like, I do whatever the fuck I want, man. I do whatever the fuck I want. I have to goddamn two burgers. Dude, I'll tell you what I did. I told you what I did Sunday. Sunday, yeah. I, I woke up and I was like, it's my first Sunday in town. I've been on the road so much. I went and I got fried chicken. I was going to get a three piece and some sides and that's it. I ended up having nine pieces of fried chicken, a milkshake, a soda, and a bunch of sides. I went home like full, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, this, I'm just a fat fuck. I yeah. feel like I'm dying. And then two hours later, I got in my car. I drove to Top Round Roast Beef. I got a roast beef sandwich. I got a chicken sandwich. I got dirty fries. I got with cheese on them. And then I went and I got uh, and more soda. And then I went and drove to Moza. Mozart stereo, yeah. that, and I got like a fucking like fifteen dollar dessert. Went home, went to bed. And, but see, here's the thing: I, I wouldn't mind doing that, except I think I would shit for like a week. Dude, I had a nice BM. Yeah, BM. That sounds like nice my mom. BM. You had a Jewish mom. Yeah, no, no, I like yeah. B, I like BM. That's the BM, one classy. Yeah, yeah. I'll say every word, but like if I can use BM, BM. Like it just people I like know using that, that that stands for bowel movement. It was a bowel movement. Yeah, BM. Yeah. A nice. That's what my mom used to say. Okay, so my brother, you having a BM? My brother would be like, my brother was a little constipated growing up. I'm not going to say which one, but he was a little constipated. I'm not going to say which one because they've all been on the podcast. It's not and that's the, just wrong. It's not the one who looks like the Auschwitz version of me. It's a, uh, it's the <laughs> other one. <laughs> okay. So, but he was a little constipated, and I remember my mom talking to him about his BM. Why don't you go upstairs and have a nice BM? And I, I always used to think, that is such a nice way to say, go and take, take shit. shit. Yeah. yeah. It was a much more palatable way than that. You know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a classy dude, man. You are. I know what it is. You're 100% <laughs> class. 100% class, man. Dude, uh, I will tell you, you know, you mentioned your abs, which are pretty good. 
they're pretty fantastic. I do CrossFit. That's why I've never gotten more comments on a picture than you and I shirtless. shirtless yeah, it's a good picture at the fucking gym. Um, then what they made say, me laugh? They say they always go. They're like, Josh, you look like a drug addict. He's ripped. Josh, <laughs> Josh Wolf is ripped. Josh Adam Myers, woo! Like lay off the oxies, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But then the funny part was when my wife reposted it and she cropped you out of the pit. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm not mad about that. I can't be mad. I know. The, the funny thing was you left a met The comment underneath was, I'm not sure if I should be upset that you cropped me out of this picture. Who it am I? She's like, who's this random guy getting zoink? Let me just cut, 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 cut. It's I've, doop. I've been, I've been cropped out of a picture. I was, and I'm going to talk to him about it when he comes on the podcast. Julia McCullough, we did a show, Funny Fox, Funniest Fails or something. So it was a three-person yeah. panel and Terry Crews. And so there was a picture of me, Julian, and I forget who the third person was. Maybe Natasha. I forget. But when he posted it, it was just him and Natasha, and you could just see my arm. Oh, that's who was. Is there a reason? That no, he did that? I'm gonna ask him about it when he comes that's on the podcast. Good, uh, yeah, I, you, yeah. Do you have the picture? Oh, I got the fucking picture. Yeah, you I, got can't, a drawer. I can't. I can't wait to ask him. Like, be like, excuse me, but whose hand was that on that picture right there? It would have been. It was a. It was an odd edit. Is all I would say. It wasn't even like you were with. They were with Shaq or or something like that. Like it was literally like just the two of them together. Just the two of them. Why Shaq? I don't know. I always think that's because that's a good picture to get for like Facebook. Who I saw, I saw fun a couple some fun pictures of you from the airport. You run into some fun people yeah. at the airport. But is there anybody that you've seen where you've been like, oh, I want to get a picture with that dude, but you just you just didn't walk up and ask. I walked by Tom York at Outside Lands, but I wasn't going to do it from Radiohead. Yeah, like he was like I saw him from a distance, and I knew if I would have skittled in. But I, there's certain people I don't want to meet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I haven't. If I, I'm, I'm ballsy enough where if I, I, uh, if I really want to get a picture, if I'm, I want to meet somebody, I'm going to meet him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're going to see Guns N' Roses on Thursday, and I'm at gonna, Dodger Stadium. At Dodger Stadium, and I'm going to, I'm going to get a picture with Slash. Who are mean? you going with? Uh, Craig Gas. So how do you know Gas? Just don't worry about it, man. I know everybody, man. Wait, how do you know Gas? You know, I started doing comedy with him. No, I, I didn't have any idea. This, he, all right, he here's here's how I meet everybody now. We do a show together. We uh-huh. both have good sets. We compliment each other, and they say, well, "What else are you do?" And I say, "Well, I got this show," and they're like, "You got this? That sounds awesome." It's like I got to do it, and I'm like, "Well, just come to it first. Yeah. And then they come to it, and they realize this is the greatest thing in the world. And it's for Craig, it's right up his alley. Oh, yeah, as he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, he hangs out with rock stars. Yep. And he just we hit it off, man. Like he came to the show, we hit it off, and then he did he did this video uh, after he did a. Uh, Rock on the Range, which is some like festival out in like Midwest of some uh-huh. sort, and all these cool rock bands, and he made like a YouTube video, um, edited well and everything about like him doing comedy there. But it's like kind of like getting getting advice from rock stars of how to approach this show, and uh, the band Disturbed was on it, yeah. you know, Disturbed. Yep. And I used to, I've been doing this this imitation of the band Disturbed for years. Where it's just making fun of the lead singer, like just rig on gong rig diggy diggy rig. That's like the band. It's all they do. <laughs> and he, he he he. That's all. Everything is yeah. you stupefied rigging gonga ching raga duga ziga daga. And he uh, <laughs> and he's he starts off. He like interviewed me. 
And I, I was like, dude, you know the band Disturbs there? Like, why would they want to watch you? And then I did the impersonation. And then he had me opening the thing. And different rock stars just started retweeting it and making fun of my performance for doing it. They thought it was funny. And then I met um, the band at the drive-in at one of their concerts. Uh, I was with Dean Del Rey. We went backstage. And, and uh, they were like, they're in that video. And they were like, how do we know you? And I was like, ah, I'm a comic. And they're like, no, are you, are you the Riga Digga dude? And I'm like, yeah, dude. And we're like, dude, you're awesome. Hilarious. So the Riga Digga dude? Yeah, Riga Digga dude. That's actually named my first comedy record. R- the Riga Digga uh, dude. dude. And uh, go get that Riga Digga dude. That's, that's a good credit to have. And, um, so it's just me and Craig just hit it off. And, you know, he knows I, I like Guns N' Roses. And he's like, you want to go? And I'm like, fucking right. Craig and I, this might have been a time when we were doing some drugs. And Craig and I, he got to be good friends with George Carlin when we were both young, young, young comics. Is out here? We were in Seattle. Okay. And um, listen, Craig used to come into the restaurant that I, bar restaurant that I owned, and I would give him, a, I would feed him a hamburger. Every day. Say, I'd, I'd give him a hand job. Give him a hand job, and a hand job and a hamburger every day. And, and he lived in my house for free for a long time to eat it. I've known Craig for fucking ever. So he, uh, what was I saying? Are you mad that he's taking me to Guns N' Roses and not you? Because it sounds like it. No, not at all. Oh, okay. So we went to see Carlin. No, he took me to see Kiss. That dude has always had access. He's got access to everybody. Everybody. He took me to see an acoustic. Kiss show out of makeup with 150 people in Seattle one day. Oh, and I was awesome. like, oh my fuck. How long ago is this? Years, dude. So Years. he's had those kind of connections back then? He just always knew like how to get in with that group, with those people. Like, and a lot of it was his voices. Like he could do Gene Simmons so well. Nobody does Gene Simmons better than... Nobody does. He, yeah. he does he, Gene Simmons better than Gene Simmons. He's something else, Yeah, man. And his Kinnison is like off the charts okay so i remember the first time i saw him on stage and he did kinnison and i was like what the that's not an easy voice to do um but he what were we talking about where did he take me mm. see kiss kiss my brain is like burger place mm. somebody will remind me when i when i post this they'll be like you didn't finish that that happens every week you didn't finish that fucking Wait, i'm thinking story. now i'm thinking now okay what, what was i t- oh carlin yeah. Yeah, buddy. See, I usually give up a lot quicker. I fucking pull the shoot and jump out of the plane. <laughs> I would have given up. You had it. I, I had confidence. We the whole may time. have been doing some harder drugs at the time. Um, but he got us access to. I think we also. That might have been. We might have ordered a hooker. And neither one of us could get it up at the time. It was those drugs. It was terrible. That might have been that weekend. So we're in Vegas, Carlin, and the th- we're back. He brings us backstage to meet Carlin. And at the time, for me, this is like Mecca. Sure, man. And sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it was me and Craig and another one of Craig's friends. And Craig, uh, one of other Craig's friends had hit the drugs a little harder than Craig or I. And Carlin couldn't stop looking at them saying, you Okay. <laughs> he we talking about comedy for a second and he'd be like you guys you get a little fucked up how about your buddy is he okay he's gonna be okay he and hindsight being what it is 
probably looked he looked a little fucking rough realizing what happened to him later that night. That's hysterical. Yeah, but he would be in the middle of conversation and Carlin because Carlin I'm sure had seen one or two people in his day look that way. Oh, looked, for sure. He dude. looked over. He was like, "You, you okay? Look at little Rocky." Hi, dog. My buddy. Yeah, I, Carlin for me was a and I don't get goofy around people, but he would be it. You know, he was one of those guys for me. Anybody like you've met where you were like, oh, this is over the top excited for me. Um, Eddie Vedder? Yeah, but that 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 still wasn't. Um, it was that was huge meeting him, meeting Eddie Vedder at Bonnaroo. Yeah. But I, I didn't. He was really easy to talk to because I had him and I have the same director. Uh, the director of the comedy, my comedy special is the director of his Unplugged. Yeah. So once I was like, hey, I know Joel Gallen, and he's like, working on my special. He's my director, and he's like, oh, you know Joel Gallen. And I was like, yeah, man, I do. And is he, he just, Sean Connery? That sounded like Eddie Vedder, not like Sean Connery. Do it again. Hold on. Hold on, wait, now I can't. Okay, okay. I'm I'm like, hey, I'm man, close, so uh, I was like, my my, the director of my comedy special was the director of your Unplugged. He's like, oh, you know Joel Gallen. Yeah, it's Sean Connery. No, it's not. Not at all, dude. <laughs> Sean Connery is like, oh, that shot, you know, oh, you know, John, you know, Sean, I can't even think of it. You know, Joel Gatlin. It's not that Eddie, far from Eddie me. Vedder, it's not that Eddie far Vedder from me. is more like, so he's, you know, you know, don't forget to, uh, there's a big election coming up. The uh, Yeah, you know, it's not I that. I want you to go out and uh, vote for the, uh, the leader of the National Pecan Association. He's always got like weird. Pecan? <laughs> yeah, it's always like, you know. I say, do you say Always, pecan? <laughs> do I say, what are you, how are they supposed to be called? Pecan? Pecan? Pecan. I say pecan. Pecan. Call, I call them, really call them pecans. Pecan? <laughs> Y'all Pe- got some pecans? I, yeah, you know who's got good pecans? HD Buttercup, that motherfucker. H- you know that <laughs> dude has got. back to HD. I forgot about HD. <laughs> oh, HD. That, the, what, Eddie Vedder wasn't like a huge. It was a, um, I'm more like. Uh, Blink-182? Like no, God, no. Like if I can meet Beck. Yeah, Beck to me would be a huge get. Uh, when I met Paul McCartney at the Improv, huge. Uh, but I mean, that's you're meeting like a god of music. Um, if I met, you know, John Wall of the Washington Wizards, I would flee. I would freak out. My buddy owns a clothing store, and he posted a picture because like, John Wall came in there. And yeah, I was like, why didn't you text me? Like, I would have dropped. Because when I was eating fried chicken, like I was right down the street, I just would have driven. You would have right dropped over. your fried chicken. I would have. I would have, dude. I want to meet John Wall so bad. I'm such you a huge are fan. I want a, a picture with huge him. fan of the Wizards. I'm a huge fan of the Washington Wizards. What and then is you one shit thing, all over that? What is going, one thing that you do that I do to your pictures that you fucking hate? Anything, especially when you talk about the Celtics. <laughs> you post your little. I don't you, like that, man. I hate that because this is me just enjoying my team. And and Joshy Wolf's got to go. Yeah, well they suck, and the Celtics I, are so much I, better. That is never you know, what I, I do. I, I, so like, I, what do I, I would, do? I, I would post a picture of a fan would buy me wizard socks. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, like thanks so much, Henry from you know from uh, Tacoma, Washington. And then you're like. You're like, those socks are terrible, man. That's They'd be ne- better if they were green and never. said Boston Celtics. That's yeah, you do, dude. Every, oh my That's g- what you read. You know what I you know what I type in every time? Boston Celtics are better. Go Celtics. That's all I write. Go Celtics. In your brain, you read, fuck those withers. <laughs> fuck those motherfuckers. Suck on that sock. You better jerk off in that. No, what all I write is go Celtics. That's it's even it. worse. That's even worse. It's, it's so smug. It's just like, yeah, no. go Celtics. <laughs> Wait, you, you suck. Grew, you grew up in, ba- in Baltimore? 
I grew up in the Washington D.C. area in Maryland, and then I moved to Baltimore like halfway through my life. And I Mom there. and dad. Yeah. Still together. Uh, my dad passed away in 2010. So my mom lives. Uh, my mom, when she passed away, she moved uh, uh, from Maryland up to Pennsylvania, like Harrisburg area. And then she moved from Harrisburg to Salisbury, Maryland, which is like the eastern shore to be around my sister. Dude, you lost your best friend and your dad within two years. What? Angelo is harder, though. Angelo is way harder. How come? Just, uh, I was like, I was close to my dad towards the end, but. Um, there was, he got sick, like he had like an aneurysm in his heart and he had this like, like I, this is like, I was, uh, I was working at the strip club. Was, I used to DJ at a strip club. Brother, you have a great, give Thank me a, you. I, I'm, my name's, All right, my name's Cinnamon. All right. Yeah, my name's Cinnamon. I'm coming to stage number one. Um, and let me know if there's any drink specials or anything that should be happening. So, cinnamon. so what I would do is, it's so funny. I'm talking about my dad's death and it's like, Oh, it's strip club DJ impersonation. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Such levity. Yeah. Um, so uh, it would be so the first thing I'd always say is like I'd be like, "Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about, y'all." All right, y'all. That was the one and only Paprika up on that stage, y'all. Coming up right now for lap dances, guys. We got a special going on. Buy two dances, get one free. Save a little bit of green, get everything in between. You know what I'm saying, y'all? All right, guys. Don't forget to be part of I forget. I haven't done it in so long. Give me a second. I'd be like, that's uh, a good one. Oh, I do. I save a little bit of green. Yeah, that get everything in between. I created that. So that's if you ever hear one. that at a strip club, that's it's me you. that yep. said that. Um, what else? I had a bunch of other catchphrases. Give me. Uh, wait. Uh, I'd be like, buy two dance, get one free. You know what I'm talking about, y'all. It's a deal y'all can feel. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. That was my whole thing. I'd be like, yeah, man. Yeah, people Go like it. Back. Come up to the main stage, guys. The very, very delicious. Cinnamon, and then you just poof, right I, into whatever and song. Then I put on like Drake or Gucci Man. I worked at like a real like. Well, that time I worked at a real fun strip club where I could just do anything because there was never any customers. So what? it was. I worked at this one. I worked day shift, and I'd have like three. I had like there were like we'd have like five girls working a day. And three of them were like just breadwinners. So like a cost, they'd have like a, a schedule. They'd be like, I'm going to be there from one to seven thirty. So every half hour, they'd have a new guy coming in to get a half hour from them. How much do you think those girls make? Maybe like a thousand a day. Yeah, why not cash? Yeah, I, I dude, I was making at my at my best, the best shift I ever. I, I made eighteen hundred dollars in one night. Um, What's that coming from? Tip, pe- songs, tip. So, all right. Here? So, when I worked at this other strip club, let's say you have fifty girls working, right? And let's say we do five hundred dances, right? So that means I'm guaranteed to make five hundred dollars for every dance. I get a dollar. Now, um, some girls tipped way more than that. So, if a girl does forty dances, you know she'd she'd break me off either two dollars or she'd give me like a hundred bucks or she'd just give me whatever for leaving her off stage. I had you have like hustles. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, I don't. So, I, explain right, it. so, all right. So, all right. The only reason I'm at that club, guys are always like, my boys are always like, dude, you know, you're probably getting so much pussy. I was like, nah, man, I can get laid on my own time. Yeah. Like, there is money there, and I'm only there to make money. So, I have hustles going on. All right. So, uh, Aaron, you, Aaron doesn't want to go on stage. So, all right, cool. I need $40 from you at the top of the night, and I won't put you on stage the whole night. Now you get five girls that don't want to go on stage, so they can work customers or spend time with ballers. They make more money. They make more money on the floor, dude. It's not. It's only 
one out of like 10 girls that go on stage makes a lot of money on stage. And most of the time they make money on stage only because they work a customer, like a drug dealer or a fucking pimp or, or whoever. Like, a, you know, it's, it's not, you know, certain strip clubs are all money. Stage clubs like Sam's Hofbrau, like that's all a stage club. Right. Where, where guy, there's, if you go to Sam's, there's literally a small stage with 25 girls on it all like on their all fours just shaking their ass and guys just throwing money it's a fun party dude it's a wild like it's it's really small clubs so you feel like it's a fun party my strip club was more of like this really nice wait so nobody bar. has to dance on stage no they're supposed no they they're, they're all supposed to god but because i'm gonna leave you off i could get in trouble for it so i need money so i need at least forty dollars you know what i mean at least 40. Like, and then you have hustles. How much would you make a night average, you think? I never made less than 500. I'd always make between five and a thousand. That's, that's a cash. Cash. I worked Thursday and Friday nights and uh, hated every minute of it. Yeah. Because it wasn't fun. Like, it, the, the best day of my life was when I was able to quit that in, in December. Well, actually, they, they, they kind of, uh, I say I quit, but in a sense, it was like, Josh, we're going to take away your Thursday and Friday nights because you've literally called out the last like four weeks in a row. Cause I was like making money from the jam yeah. and I was just like, and also I was like kind of using a little bit. So and that was the only way I could go to work and enjoy it is like, cause I, I was in downtown LA. So I'd drive by fifth and Broadway, which is like pill alley. So I'd drive by there and I'd be like, yeah, let me just get a couple of Norcos <laughs> going to work. And I'd go and I'd go and like some dope deal. Like, yeah, let me get a couple painkillers and I'd go into work and I would like, have so much fun, but if I was sober, it was the most brutal thing in the world. But in, after a while, it's like even painkillers can't make it better. It was just such a horrible place. And also, it's an ego thing too, Josh. It's like, you know, there's nothing worse than than like when I did, I did New Faces in Montreal in yeah. 2013. And everybody else that I did New Faces with literally left New Faces and went and did like went road work or did television or this. And I had to go back to a strip club. Do you know what I mean? I listen. I get and that, that hurts. entirely, that, and then to get totally. yelled at, dude. It's like you're seeing how hard it is to get new faces. It's like damn near impossible. Like it's damn near impossible to get, especially without good representation. And I had nobody, and I was just a funny comic that got it because I showcased well like two years in a row, and they were right. like, "We got to give it to him." And then I immediately had to go back to a strip club and be yelled at. Same thing when I sold out Gramercy the next weekend. I had to go back and DJ at a strip club. It's like, dude, I just sold out. The biggest in my show in, in New York at the New York Comedy Festival was the biggest comedy was the biggest show there at that festival. Dude, let me tell you something. Yes. I understand the that that is a that's one of the things that this town does to you. This town tests you constantly. Do you really want to be here? I'm gonna slap you in the face real quick. We'll see how much you want to be here. Sure. And it's the people that can keep taking the slaps and be like, okay, I'm still here. That's who that's who makes it, man. It's not always the most talented. It's the people who go, I can keep getting up from getting knocked down. Look, my agent sent me a breakdown from two different networks last week that said that they were looking for a Josh Wolf type. Well, guess who's sitting at his house not doing anything right now? The actual Josh Wolf. Right? Yeah, he's here, right? And when they reached out to the networks, the networks were like, yeah, we're looking for someone like him. That's terrible. Right? So... It's one of those things where you just have to be like, all right, it's, like I told you, when they bought the Josh Wolf show and I walked into the network and they were like, who do you see playing Josh? They clearly yeah. were just like, this is not the talk show. This was a, a sitcom I saw a while ago. So, man, it's tough 
to check your ego at the door with that shit. But I, I, you just, you know, Burr is a great example of it. For sure. Burr, I talked to my son and the kitty you just saw walk in here four years ago, maybe. They saw Dimitri Martin and Bill Burr was opening up for Dimitri Martin. Four years ago? Maybe five. I Four or five years ago. Couldn't have been much because they're only 19, so I can't imagine they went before they were 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr was opening for Dimitri Martin. So, you know, it's just about keeping going out there and taking your swings. But this is what I love about you, dude, is that you are you. Well, the reason your show made TV is because you never stopped swinging. That's one of the things about this podcast, too. One of the things that one of the reasons I have you on and the people who come on, what's inspiring to me is the people who don't quit, is people who have, are born with hustle. I like to surround myself with those people because... It makes you work harder. Yeah. For sure. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. So, and to see what you did, dude, it's like I said, and we said this off air, but I'll give everybody the brief version of it. To get a show... How many distractions? This podcast should be called Multiple Distractions. <laughs> Cell phone ring. Dog comes in. Son drops by. Hey, Dad, I'm going to go watch him at Tony's house. All right, son. All right, now, Josh, back to your father's death. Oh, yeah, we got off of that. No, we keep going what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> we'll get back to, to, to how big Al Myers... To get a show on television is, in this town... Fucking impossible. So what you did is you grassroots it in such a pure street hustle way. You took something, comedy and music, which nobody, if you had asked people three years ago, hey, I want to get a show with comedy and music on, people were like, eh. You know what that's always been involved with? Guitar comics who are seen as hacky, right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, if you would ask people, just kind of got into a room and pitched your show, they would have been like, that's not going to work. So what you did is that you grassroots it. Not only did you have to convince comics, that's not an easy thing to do, to do something different, scary, live in front of an audience. That's a hard thing to do. You you had to show them it was going to be fun and it was going to be safe and it was going to be a fucking rock show. And you grassroots it for years. Not with, really. Only, dude, it was, we, I sold the show. You did Studio City how long ago? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, uh, yeah, but that wasn't the actual show, though. I mean, it was the show, but it wasn't the show. It, but was, a, it was a shitty version of it. But you're, that's what I'm saying, dude, is that you you didn't come out of the box going, this is the finished product. That shitty version, you could have been like, well, this is never going to work. What I mean is the wheels never stopped turning, right? Until you got what well, it was your dream. Like, you worked for your dream. How many Fucking people, and this is what I love it, dude. How many people get to go, this is my dream? <gasps> I just fucking did it. That's stupid. I needed this conversation today because you get those moments where you're like, oh, I've got, got nothing to do tonight. I'm like, I gotta go pick my friend up at the airport. And you're dude, like, oh, it's, listen, you write I- down a dream, and most people when they write down a dream, play center field for the Red Sox. It fucking never happens. You wrote down a dream, and now you're there. Okay, well, here's, and this is, I think I said this, I've said this many times to other people, um, I didn't expect anything from it. What I thought was, this will be fun. I didn't say, this is going to get me everything. Yeah. I said, this will be fun to do once a month. And I remember after the first show, like um, it was like insane. Like just the reaction we got when we did the, the newer version of it. Yep. Um, 
And I mean, like me, Burr, and the, and the band, and and uh, Sickler, and everybody. There you go, distractions, and <laughs> the air conditioner yeah, comes air conditioner on. Comes on yeah. My goodness! Wait, All right, so, the band is going to walk through the, the show. The ghost is going to walk. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> like Jesus wish. Christ! So, but I, what I, I remember, we all started hugging each other after the show, and then the audience came into the green room because that never happened. Like that wasn't the intention to have a big party afterwards. It just evolved because right. the audience came in and was like, "We just saw something magical." And we were like hugging each other and we all stuck around. We partied. And then when we got ready to do the second show, I remember uh, Byron Bowers, who was on it. One of my best friends says, you know, he saw the guest list and it was like all executives like CAA was coming and UTA yeah. and, and Comedy Central and South by Southwest. And um, they were just like Byron said to me, he's like, you know what's happening? And I was like, no, man, I don't even want to think about that because I've been in this position before when it came to new faces or came to this showcase or I come to booking this. So I was like, I am. I don't care about any of that. I'm not playing to them. I'm not changing the show. I'm not doing anything for them. I'm just doing this for me and the comics to have a good time and the audience to have a good time. And that's the intention. That's I've never, I never deviated. The first show is the exact same format as the show now. But dude, it's just, it's just, it's changed in the energy and what, what me and the band, how much we put off and the audience goes crazy for. That's it. what makes things great. By the way, for anybody listening in life. When you start doing shit for other people, that means you take away from your true intention. Sure. Right? So you you did this for you. It's what, and I've said this, it's what Chelsea and, and, and even Stern, I had a chance to talk to him, told me is when I was doing my show, hey, write jokes that make you laugh. That's it. You can't, if you make a show like you're trying to make your buddies laugh in your living room, it'll be the best show you ever make. Sure. And that's the thing that with art, like as soon as you start doing it for other people, it veers off the fucking path sure. from all, it's not authentic. And dude, you are incredibly authentic on stage. The titty fuck, titty fuck my butt cheeks is a very authentic song. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one my of favorite. Hits. One of the executive, the a woman that uh, works at flower films of Drew Barrymore's company. I brought her to one of your shows. And she was like that. She was singing "Titty Fuck My Butt Cheeks" on the way home. She was like that "Titty Fuck My Butt Cheeks" song makes me laugh so hard. Thank you very much. Um, I did. I forgot to ask you yeah. about the strip club. Uh-huh. There's got to be one crazy strip club story where you're like, I can't believe that shit just happened here. <sighs> I mean, because if it's a during the. By the way, man, I, I don't. We think did that- some daytime strip clubs because I, my son used to go to school at the Jew School. In Hollywood, and it was right next to Seventh Vale, and we'd go in the daytime because sometimes we were half an hour early, so we'd go and sit at Seventh sure. Vale. And, and one time, this woman was walking out, and she stopped, and she goes, "Oh, wait a second, baby, mommy has to work. I'll be right back." And I was like, "Oh, well, we can't come back here." <laughs> she brought her kid to work. That's hysterical. It was. Did you have any? Uh, um, you know, I I mean, I've got a million fight stripper fight stories. Um, strippers fighting each other. Yeah, million stripper fighting stories. There should uh, be a website called Stripper Fights. They're violent, man. Are they're, they really? Yeah, they're not. They're not like all good people. Do you know what I mean? What do you like, mean? Like they're mentally not sane, or they're just not good there's people? There's three types of strippers. There is the girl that is attractive and can make a lot of money, so she can buy property or pay for college and do all that stuff. There's those. Those exist. Like mm-hmm. you always say. You know, oh, that's that's all bullshit. No, there's a there's there's a few girls that do that. Then there's girls that are just you know down on their luck, and this is what they're doing right now. Like because this is like you know they have no option. They got a kid and they got to support that kid. 
And then you've got girls that this is all they can do. Like, this is it. Do you know what I mean? That's where the fights start. That's those are the girls that are have pimps or are like get their beat, boyfriends beat them and and they just they have to work like this is because that's just the the lifestyle that they have have just put themselves into. It could just be that's just their their fucking journey. Yeah, and and or they're just dumb as rocks. You know what I mean? They're just like they don't get life and they just the only thing they can do is they're they're somewhat attractive. They're, you know, they have something on their body that like my men find attractive, like a big ass or big titties. And this is all they can do. Yeah. All they can do. They're never going to get a regular job. They're going to do this and they might go to jail. Who knows? Uh, so those are the girls that just, you know, start a lot of fights. But then it's usually with the girl that is doing this because she's like paying her way and she thinks like cause she's hot. Like it's always those girls get beat up, you know, because they feel <laughs> entitled because they feel like they're the hotter girls. Yeah. It's always, the, it's never the middle, the middle never fights. The girl down on her luck never fights. They just come to work. They got to keep their nose clean and they just do it. It's always the girl that's just like, you know, well, I'm just really pretty and I can get this money from Fuck guys. you, Jessica. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so bad, man. I dated one stripper in my life in college and um, I was amazed by the amount of cash she came home with. Oh, yeah. Stunned. And when we, I, I, I enjoy... Oh, shit. Okay. I enjoy the power trip a little bit. I used to go and I'd sit and watch her dance. And when after she gave a private dance, she would walk over and put the dude's money in my pocket. Oh, I felt like such a pimp. I was like, this is the best day of my life. Thank you, baby. I'll take another $14 (laughs) Coca-Cola. I always said, by the way, the clubs that don't sell booze. You're basically just a pervert who will spend $14 on a Coca-Cola. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Dude, it's, I mean. I mean, the girls are, you know, I, I told you I stripped before, right? Makes sense. You got that kind of body. Three you times. Build. Three times. And by, after that third time, I was like, I had to be, I was taking like two hits of ecstasy just to head up on stage. Sure. Why not? Because I, I couldn't fucking do it sober. Do you have like the dick sock, the cock sock that you have to get hard and like put your dick in that dangly thing? We packed it in a little bit. Okay. We packed it a little bit. Gauze? Um, would you use? <laughs> what do you guys use? <laughs> what do you pack it with? We packed it in a little bit. Well, they had actually a like a thicker, tiny, almost like rubber. You were almost putting your dick into an empty dick. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I know what you're saying. It was like a dick sock, like an actual dick I so, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. you 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 were dick you dick socked. No, explain yourself. it more in detail while I jerk <laughs> off real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. You see the uh, distraction. The uh, but there was one. I had to stop this the, after the third time. This woman came up to me and she was like, "Hey, do you want to come? You come up to my house twice a month and just dance for me." And I was like, "Hmm." I was like, "I don't know." She's like, "My husband's out of town twice a month." So basically, I knew I was going to she was basically going to pay me to go to her house to fuck her. And I could not. She hot. She. uh, Yeah. But I could not figure out a way where to put that as far as as far as like my self-worth. I was like, am I going to take four hits to ecstasy every time I go to work? Like, that seems like a little. That's a that's a you know. It sounds bad, but then it also sounds pretty Pretty cool. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're getting, taking four hits of ecstasy to go to work, you know. The two hits people of- that do that, they work at Chipotle, <laughs> you know what I mean? Those I people wish. do that, and they don't get to rub on women. I, I wouldn't call male strippers get attacked. 
It's not. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's very. I watch Magic Mike and. and it's a different that, thing. So yeah, you guys. Would you do it? Don't say you guys. Don't fucking say you guys. Why'd you say you guys? I mean, you did it three times. Once is like it's like that's like the don't way. Don't say you guys. Well, you tried it once, yeah. but I didn't like it. So if you maybe you're like me, you're like, well, I got to try it again. Yes. And you did it again. Yep. And then you're like, I'm not really sure, but the money's good. I can work one more shift, yeah. and I'll do that. And then you work one more shift. That's like the way that I did crystal meth. Like I I tried it. I didn't like it. I was like, but my mom always said try something twice. <laughs> yeah. So I tried it again because yeah. I really don't like this and the third time i was like well it's the only drug we can get all right i'll do it one more time and then i did it for like a day dude back in 2002 tell um, me i did meth one time was that the fucking worst i don't remember because i drank on it so i don't really remember i didn't really do like i didn't smoke it i just snorted a little bit and i don't really remember i was so young i remember the last time that i did crystal meth i went to this rave in baltimore and my buddy's like, gave me some, gave me a, take me his bag. I went to the bathroom, did a couple bumps and then I blacked out. And when I woke up, I was in my bed <laughs> straddling this woman's like head, this girl that I know, but she's not like bad looking. She's just not like somebody I would normally fuck. And I'm, she's just, I'm like, I'm like porno style, like grandma. <laughs> Her ears and like, oh, well, she's no. giving me a blowjob, and that's how I woke up. And I was like, "Oh my god! Like, how'd we end up here?" I'm so like, sorry, Susan. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and then uh, and that was it. And then we finished up, and and you, and I mean, you guys dated for another eight months. Another eight months, at least. Um, because actually, what better way to woo a woman? She's actually my new manager. You know? <laughs> 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 no, I, I just remember that that was the last time. And then I had to, I stayed up all night. I finished writing a paper, and then I handed it in, and I drove from Baltimore to Washington D.C. to where my parents lived and uh and then uh went to bed for like two days what does clean and sober feel like in your brain it's awesome it really is, is it really it really is it's um for someone like me it's it's uh it's not just necessary but it's like i do things to you know preoccupy or not or occupy not preoccupied occupy my brain like you know i i take care of myself when i eat clean and and when i work out and stuff you get all those natural endorphins mm-hmm. i also do like a lot of like snake oil stuffs you know like what, what I mean? Like, I don't know. I go to like Irwan, those like, those like real healthy oh, yeah, supermarkets yeah. that like Usher's shops at, you know what I mean? And, and like, I get like all I these like, like Usher's your example. Dude, I, I, this is the most Hollywood place in the world. Like I'll give you an example why I love Los Angeles. This is, there's a suit, you know, do you know Irwan? Yeah. yeah. The people out there that don't know Irwan is like a very well to do supermarket of all organic stuff. And even when I was like a drug addict years ago, like I wasn't, I still ate clean um, Nick Swartzen so, has a great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This about, yeah, about like yeah. It's, he says uh, I have friends that they'll do cocaine but don't drink dairy. Yeah, they don't yeah. eat dairy. That's hilarious. It's hysterical. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm at Irwan at like ten o'clock at night, and I'm waiting in line, you know, to buy some dinner. And um, there's this like Persian guy screaming at the manager of Irwan. He's like, you know, you, you bastard, you lied to me. He's like, every time I come in, you guys lie, lie. And he's screaming and standing right next to him, waiting to check out, holding toilet paper and a plunger is Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, just with the long beard, just like, come on, dude, I got a, I got a situation over here, man. Like, just hurry up, dude, come on. And, uh, and that was like the funniest shit I'd ever. That was the most Hollywood shit I ever seen. Because one, it also reminds Stars, me that Billy Gibbons, just like us, just like us. Yeah. He's got a situation back because if you've got a plunger and toilet paper, you got a situation. That's not an easy BM. No, it's definitely not. Or it's oh, it's a it's a post one. He used all the toilet paper and it's clogged. So now he's got to go back. That is, I have I dated a girl once, who and I was sleeping, 
And I woke up to, and I was at her house. No, we were at my apartment. That's right. And I woke up to the plunging sound. That go, 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 go. Right? And I look, you know, when someone's plunging a toilet? Yeah. And I, and I didn't know what it was. I was sleeping. I roll over, and she's not in the bed. And I'm like, oh, she got up early to shit, and she clogged the toilet. Aw. So the, the gentleman thing to do would have been to go to sleep and just pretend like, like I never heard it. Mm-hmm. The funny thing to do was to walk in and pretend like I need to pee and just to see what kind of mess she had made. What would you do? I went right in that fucking bathroom. How <laughs> <laughs> bad was it? Oh, my God. Aww. Here's the thing. She used a lot of toilet paper or she, just a little dookie? But oh, she it was not. I used a lot of toilet paper. I clogged the toilet almost every day. She went double. She went double. It was a, it was, it was, it was a larger <laughs> BM with a lot of toilet paper. Dude. But here, here was the best part, right? Yeah. I walk in and you can tell she's furiously trying to plunge Aww. this fucker down before... And she's sweating. Aww. She's fucking sweating. And I was like, what's going on? And she goes, oh, no, I woke up this morning and there was something in the toilet. I go, something like your shit? And she was like, no, I, I was just trying to do this for you. And I was like, uh. And she was like, I'm so sorry. It was that curry last night. And she, But she was like, I got up a couple times during the night. I didn't want to wake you up. And this time I just couldn't. She told me later what she used to do. She goes, you know how I go to 7-Eleven every morning to get a donut? And I go, yeah. She goes, I just go there to poop, and then I buy a donut that I never eat. But she was like, I'm so, I was so scared because she goes at my house. I'm very regular, and I go to the bathroom in the morning. When I sleep over here, I have to go so badly. She used to get up and pretend to go. A lot of women do that. Really? Yeah. I used to, my, um, my ex-ex, so the girl I dated before the last girl, um, when I, for we first started dating, she used to, she, every morning I'd wake up, when I spend the night at her house, she'd be like, all right, you got to go. She's like, you just got to go. You got to leave. And I was like, why? She's like, you just got to go. You got to be out by nine. <laughs> and yeah, but I kind of like want to hang out. To, nope. No, I'd have to leave. And then like, maybe like a couple hours later, she called me, hey, let's hang out today. And I was like, all right. You know, and, and then finally she told me. You uh, thought she was bipolar. She's just regular. She's just very regular. Um, I'm pretty regular. My last girlfriend, uh, when she pooped, I mean, she just it literally was like, whoop, like she'd just go to the bathroom, be out in like a minute. She's like a fast pooper. Like with me, like I, I'm a, I'm a longie. You're a reader. I'm not, I'm not so much a reader. I mean, I, I'm, I, yeah, I guess so. I read, but you know, I get Rolling Stones, so I, I always like start an article, and sometimes I finish it. Sometimes I finish the whole goddamn magazine. Do you? Is one of your goals and dreams to be in Rolling Stone? Yeah, and it's gonna happen this year. With with the comedy jam, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent positive so on that. I mean, it's it's yes. I mean, um, and not just. I, I don't just want like the internet one. Like yeah. I want the actual. Palpable I got the one. internet. One. I want the palpable one. That's okay. a fucking dream. It was great. Roast battle got got the internet one. Yeah. I want. I'll take the internet one, but I want uh, something I can like. That's something I've really been really good at doing now, which is saving yeah. these really amazing things that I've done. Like every festival we do, I get like, they always give you a big poster with like your name. And it's really cool when I look at it. I'm like, holy shit. Like there's my name right next to Radiohead's like on the same concert. Like that's it's amazing. Dude. It's, it's incredible, man. And um, it's like, I'm, I'm super, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super, super grateful. I'm, I'm really, you know. It's a struggle, I think, for anybody to really sometimes enjoy everything and just to be like really, like I say, I keep saying present, but um, 
it's it's just it's a dream, man. It really is. I mean, like we were talking about when I when I got to stop working at that strip club and and not only support myself through this, but to live a good life. Yep. I and mean, that's a that's really cool. Like this is something I've been working at. I've been out here in Los Angeles for nine years, August first, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were moments where it was like, It's time to give up, man. You know what I mean? And it's not like I'm not funny. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I wasn't doing everything right. That doesn't it's just have anything like to do Hollywood with it. just doesn't they don't they don't like they don't want you. They don't want most of you. They want they want so they, they 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 really don't know what they want, and it's like you got to show them what they want. The you know? universe, I, I'm convinced of this, and I know this is ushi wushi fuddy duddy Erewhon shit, but the universe will test you to make sure you really want your dream. Yes, I completely agree with that. So they're but, not going to let you. And there's have nothing wushy douchey about that. They're dude. Like when I stopped believing that I had control over any of this, that's when everything got easier. Yeah. When I said. You know, everything happens for a reason or everything. The universe is, is, is got me. How can, like, how can I, like with Ange, like I said, with Ange passing away, if I, if I, if I sat there and said I had control, I could have stopped that. There's nothing I could have done. That was going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, cause he also, if he didn't die through me, maybe the cancer that he had would have come back and taken him out a few months later. Do you know what I mean? There's so he many ways. He had cancer. He had cancer. He had just be, yeah. Oh, prior geez. to that. It's, it's a tragic, tragic story. Um, but there it's it's literally you have to give it up to the universe and just be like, man, this is this is in your power. I'm just going to do the work and stay out of the results. As long as you just do the work and you keep doing it and you keep doing it like with stand up or with acting. I don't know how actors make it. I, I stand ups. At least we have our auditions every night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but you can acting, never fire I me. No, but I have no idea how an no. actor makes it in this town. But I mean, for someone like me. You know, I tried it the regular way. I tried it just doing stand up and doing sketches every once in a while. And I and I got some stuff like I got recognized in Montreal and like new faces, which is supposed to open doors, but it didn't. So instead of giving up, which I wanted to do, I wanted to give up on L.A. and move to New York. I said, well, I'm going to I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. And not expect anything like I said before and and man it's like if I didn't get everything from that it's, it blows your mind it blows my mind dude like how insane my life is we just hit the two-year anniversary mark yeah in July and and I'm like you know I'm in Montreal again and this time I don't have any stress because I already sold the show show we posted the lineups for Montreal we sold out every night and you know and you got festival you still got a cut don't you have a festival coming this week I got I got bumper shoot uh we've got um blue whale we've got Gramercy again at New York Comedy Festival we've got um what else we got um this one in Houston called the hell yeah fest I think um November so yeah, we'll be around, man. Bumper shoot the first week of Labor Day weekend is in Seattle. The next weekend we're in Tulsa, and then uh, it's just yeah, man. Just check my website. There's a bunch of shit. Now because we've been here for an hour and a half. Perfect. I got a piece so bad. Yeah, and I got a jet because I'm leaving on a plane tonight. Where are you going? I am going to St. Louis, everybody. I'm gonna funny at the, bone at the helium. Helium, man. Um and uh yeah d- 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 plug what you want to plug in your website and your show uh, um, my uh all social media is at Josh Adam Myers J O S H A D A M M E Y E R S uh the goddamn comedy jam you can look it up on all social media social media at the G D comedy jam uh check it out on Comedy Central August twenty eighth if you're in L A August 29th we are having our uh, show at the Roxy. But uh, and just check out my website for all tour dates, man. Joshadamires.com, playa. 
Clea. And guys, you know me, comedianjoshwolf.com. And uh, I'm going to be on the road. I'm, I'm leaving tonight and be gone for two weeks. I'm really? coming back. Yeah, I'm going to go see my parents and we're going to go see Zach Brown and Fenway at Fenway. Nice. And was uh, you just in Boston? Yeah. But, but you know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, and that's it, guys. We love you. I got to be so. <laughs>